but I like I just think like imagine we lived in a society where it comes back to you need money right to live in this world to operate in this world because like you need money for rent and for food realistically basic needs I always thought like what if in St. Martin we realize okay like what if we could actually provide for our people we fed them and we gave them somewhere to live and that was like the two basic requirements you got as a St. Martiner and from there we let our people just do whatever the hell they want because at the end of the day you then have the freedom to really just live because you're not worried about I'm going to be homeless you're not worried about I'm not going to have food on the table but then it's hard because then we you you teeter this communist line where like if you give everybody the same then it's just shitty all around um because we live in this capitalistic world that allows us to have more than what we technically maybe should have and we're so spoiled now that like to take that away people aren't gonna do that because then they're like i'm giving up and like why would i give up to move forward you know and like people are so uncomfortable with the fact that their amazon shipment arrives in three days instead of two and they have a Um, panic attack in the streets um but indeed like I think that what you just said like about providing food and and housing like I'm really interested to see how the I don't know do we call it a social experiment it is kind of a social experiment with the universal income will go you know like how that will change people's access to certain resources or experiences and for me it's just like when I look at St. Martin I'm like Y'all need to be figuring out, we really need to be figuring out as a country, like making tax dollars. <laughs> like, and, and that doesn't come from bleeding the everyday man out of like an extra five guilders. Like, no. Maybe we need talk- the tourists that come to our country. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I also Change really the have- approach, you know, they pay taxes in America. They could get over 4% tourist task in St. Martin, okay? They gonna be fine. I promise I mean- you. I'm even thinking beyond this, Harsha. One day I was having this anxiety attack and it was probably because I was listening to a parliamentary meeting, <laughs> but I was listening to a parliamentary meeting and I had an anxiety attack at the same time. And then our honorable minister of public health, so they Omar Yes, Omar Ali, started speaking And within two minutes, I was asleep. And then I woke up with an epiphany. And I thought, this man's voice is so soothing. What if, because he's the minister of BSI, which includes public health, we created this sleep app, which promotes mindfulness with his voice, saying different sleep stories, and let that create tax revenues that goes back to the country of St. Martin. I, I mean, be like, easy we to can, do. Sign me really, up. Tell yes, me when and think, where. Like, think out of the box here. We can you know, figure like, it out. That's not yeah, hard. Yeah. Not hard at all. So, I mean, like, it's just, for example, like, uh, the Kingdom of the Netherlands, like, not the Kingdom of the Netherlands, but the, the royal family is one of the biggest like investors worldwide in, in terms of like having shares and assets. And for me, it's like, what ways are countries also developing products, you know, like as a country that can bring them tax revenue. And I went to this, uh, like block- Kanye steam player, but actually for the masses, you know, not yeah. for one person. Yeah. I tell you. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you know, it's like we can, I think sometimes we, we look at, and, and that's the problem also, I think, with joining the nation state system, that sometimes you look towards other countries and you see what they do. You just implement their system and you don't think like, okay, can so we are outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I agree. It's like, okay, you need to raise tax dollars. I need to raise tax dollars. It doesn't mean that I have to do it in the same way as you. And that's where things like what's happening in St. Martin right now with the Netherlands trying to bring reforms can sometimes make me uncomfortable because one, I agree with the fact that reforms need to happen, but it's like, what Not work this way? Yeah. What work is the Netherlands doing to make sure that the solutions that they are coming up with for us also are made to fit us because it's like I think a lot of the frustrations that we have are the fact that we just copy and pasted a system and then we're like oh it's not working like government is falling every year blah 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 well then maybe it's because you copy and pasted something that don't fit like work it was supposed to fit for this yeah Yeah, Like, it was supposed to fit a page, but, like, the thing that you copy and pasted fits seven pages. So, like, you need to fix it. And for me, like, St. Martin just needs, like, a simplification. Like, every minister comes in and, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Start with the basics, start at the bottom. What I don't hear is, like, okay... But you still, yeah, like you still have the same budget that the last guy had. So how are you gonna pay for what the last guy put in place and your new project? You're not. It's impossible. Because I'm telling you, technology costs millions of dollars. Okay, millions. So yeah, I don't know what they think they finna do. I'm like, guys, you need to rethink this whole practice. Because like you broke, and as a result, we all broke, and you're just trying to make us more broke, and then that go make you more broke, and it's like. We need to get in fresh money, okay? Can we stop trading brokenness? Except y'all still make your six figures and these people have to work three jobs. But you know what? And I think it's also like, somehow we we know on a mass scale that struggle exists, but yet it's not documented. It's not measured. It's not reported on accurately and, and uh, consistently. So it's like you're trying to fix a problem that you vaguely know exists. You don't know the shape of it. No data, you know, nothing, no. And nothing. the thing is, we are where we like, I think we created fake news before fake news became a thing because we have been thriving on misinformation for, for a really long, long time. Yes, for the long, that's why I feel like I'm so good in America because I be telling people, I'm like, y'all think I know how to see through that. Me. I've been through this since a young and I've seen this kind of bullshit tree before. You gonna have to come with me with something better than this because nah nah nah, nah 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 nah, it's true. Um, and so we just, we need to, I think we are asking ourselves the wrong questions. That's always like my takeaway. And my, the thing is like, whenever I enter a conversation and I say these things, people are just always like, they roll their eyes or whatever. They're like this entitled little white girl. Okay. <laughs> then I'm just like, you know, and that's why I appreciate, uh, so much Francio Guadalupe, who who we've talked about, he's a... I need to talk to that man. I need to track him down. I yeah. need to find me. <laughs> he's an anthropologist or a sociologist at the University of Amsterdam. So and cool. um, he always deconstructs the way I see an issue. Not necessarily because he sees it a different way, but just to remind me 
that there are different ways to ask questions about the same thing you're trying to figure out. So many and I think, dimensions, so many. I've just always been good at asking questions, but then he Save. taught me. Yeah, but he taught me that there's like other Even ways more. to ask questions, and it's like you're like, whoa. oh my god, you're opening my mind, open whoa. it more. Yes. If I annoyed my second grade teacher, God bless her soul and let her rest in peace. I ain't even um, I probably am now like level A plus 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 compared to them, and I can right. thank Francio for that. But I think sometimes we have to be like. I can get that it's like uncomfortable because it's like, for example, like so many people can agree that they want to be anti-capitalist, right? Like the capitalist system is not working for the masses as much as they say that it is. Uh, but then people get really uncomfortable because if you start saying like, hey, actually, yeah, like actually the problem, like the real problem is Your using gosh. racism and oh. sexism. Sorry. <laughs> the real problem is using racism and sexism to make you think that racism and sexism are the problem right but it's like yeah we need to realize like racism sexism all of the isms are about creating a hierarchy why do you need a hierarchy because certain work number one and certain work has to be valued more than others and like it some got to be paid less some got to be paid more that is like the way capitalism thrives but then people, like you said, like, does that mean you become communist? That Does that mean no. you become socialist? It and means it's like- that we need to create another vision. Stop saying there was, because I remember in school, we only learned the three. It was, there was the feudal way. Wait, no, the fascist way, the communist or the capitalist. And we learned that the first two in the first two world wars was not it. And now we on option three and option three, we been known was not it. And people are like, okay, well, we'll just stop there. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me when Socrates was banging his head to figure out and contemplate the world, we as our entitled modern human ass is just going to sit here and pretend like we can't do any of the work. We just going to, we going to pray and learn all the all the stuff that they did before but none of us are actually going to try and move the pendulum forward we're just going to sit and accept what we have i'm like no 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 we need to find another way another way. and that's why like i really love theories about like circular economies um and and how we can create like certain ideas i know that there was i heard that on the front side there was this idea so on the French side, like, as some people might know uh, who listen to the podcast, others who don't, um, when you get, like, I think in English it would translate correctly to, like, social welfare money. Mm, like, what if calf. that... Yeah, the calf. What if you could only spend that on the French side, right? So mm. it's, like, making sure that... Yeah, because it's actually really interesting. I don't know if people know, but like there are also different levels to like the social welfare that's provided by the French state. But for example, on a lot of the CAF money that's given out on the French side actually has to come from the collectivity itself and not from the French state because people have to meet certain criteria. Like you, you have to, your social welfare standing, why you're in it, if it's the fault seen as the fault of the collectivity or the fault of the state determines like who you get the money on. That's like an oversimplification of it. But if this money is actually coming from the tax money that's generated from the collectivity itself, it makes sense that you create like this circular 
system to ensure, you know, like the viability of your economy. And the fact that we can agree that like, I also agree if I made euros and I realize that the Dutch side spends dollars and my euro is worth more if I just drive for five minutes like it makes sense to spend my money over there yeah trying to do the math i get more for my money over there of course i'm gonna spend it just makes sense exactly exactly especially if you already don't have a lot let's be honest exactly so stretch it yeah but it didn't work out um because you know human human beings uh they always find a way um but I still wholeheartedly believe that we need to like find more ways. I think that of course, like it didn't work out. Um, uh, it didn't work out also because of like the nature of St. Martin itself, free border, small place, you know, etc. cetera. So, um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't stop us from the fact that we need to try and we need to find the solution that works. And sometimes we have to realize like, You can try to create something. There are always going to be the people who break the system, but it's not going to be everybody. You know, like we can make, for example, like IT as safe as we want it to. There's going to be the hacker that like breaks through the wall. Yeah. And so yeah, but it shouldn't stop us from implementing projects on a large scale. There will always be. Yeah, there will always be. There's boogeymen out there. Like, And I think that that's like a big failure across St. Martin, that when we see that something is not perfect, we we, we just like, okay, like we just give up. I done with it. And so, so I think like a big thing for us is just like, you know, like you have to keep going, you have to keep testing. And along the way, like you're going to figure out better ways to do things, but you just have to keep going. Yeah, exactly. There has to be this relentless need for innovation and progress. And you can't be afraid of it. Like, even if it's like something that you absolutely know nothing about, like have the willingness to open up and learn something new. It don't matter how old you are. Like, you really don't. It's like people have these limiting beliefs, and I feel like a lot of it stems from capitalism and the trauma that people experience as a result of being a part of this system. And it's like, I refuse to be bullied by this system. Like, I refuse. Like, you're not going to crush my dreams. No. And I think that, like, a big thing, like, in what you said is that, I mean, innovation drives change, right? And that can be the, I think the biggest fault of St. Martin is that so many of the minds who come back here um, just end up going into government. Like we all think like, okay, government is the place that you make change. We, We don't have it in our blood and in our social system to think that actually change comes from private sector, even though it does. Like we see it even in our own community, but yet we are all, for some reason, ingrained with this idea that change comes from government. But all around the world, we all know that government absorbs change. It absorbs innovation that's made by, like, the private sector. And the sector. thing is, we don't got no law, so we really got the freedom. <laughs> exactly, you know? So, 
You can it's just, just go there and set up. It's all good. What they gonna do? They got no laws to question. What am I saying? They got no laws to hold you accountable. Like that's what I'm saying, bro. I'm so ready. No lords and no laws. When I learn all the tea and knowledge that Microsoft got to offer me, and I can actually build something on Samar, and they ain't even gonna know what hit them because I'm gonna build a whole thing, and they're gonna be like, "But what? What is she?" I mean, like, don't worry. I applied to GDPR and you're lucky that I'm actually a nice person and not out to swipe all your data and make money off of you like the rest of these other companies that are already making money off of you. But okay. Okay. That's that's the thing. And like, I think that St. Martin, we have not fostered that environment enough in which we believe that our innovative minds can exist outside of government. Now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all, and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. So the thing about like having your innovative minds in government is that you then entrench them within bureaucracy. And I mean, I can say like right now, that's exactly how I feel, right? So I came from the nonprofit sector in which it was just as simple as being able to come up with a good idea and figuring out, okay, like, do we have the funding for it? And you go, you get to test things, you get to try new things. Like, of course, like, uh, it, it can take some convincing, but you know, like, it, it's much more a possibility than within a uh, public service. And if, if you take into account that like so many people come back and work for government, you end up silencing also a lot of the minds who come back because you become not so comfortable being able to speak out on certain things or to share certain things to be, you know, like you can be an active part of the solution, but it also, you know, like you're not comfortable with it because you're part of the system, you know, and all those things interact to help explain why St. Martin is the way it is today. And I know so many people, for example, who worked in civil service, you know, got in there super passionate, had super great ideas, and then go to private sector because they felt like bureaucracy killed them. But then they're in private sector now and, and they still don't have that spark in them still, you know? So we also have to ask ourselves sometimes, like, I think we also have this idea... I, I didn't see it in the Netherlands like at all. Like no one wanted to be a civil servant in the Netherlands. They're like civil servants don't get paid. You know, like if you want to be anything, work in government. The only people that want to work are psychos. I'm telling you, there's a special but, breed, or they're old. Like, they're like boomers. Exactly. In St. Martin, it's like the oh no, thing. like you have to work for government or the collectivity. Oh, like that's how you get like a, a guaranteed salary, and it's just like 
That's sad because that salary yeah. is already capped. Like I'm trying to make more than what they make. Excuse me. Like hell no. Nah. That's why I think it's so funny. Like I'm like guys, dream bigger, okay? Because there's people out there that make way more than what our government officials make, okay? Like you can do it right out of college. Like don't worry, don't limit yourselves to think like what you see on the island is the world. Like no sis go out there i think even here like we get into like such heated debates about the salaries of parliamentarians and and uh, high-paid civil servants and the work That's they do problem they don't do nothing and they get paid and my people out there struggling with minimum wage is crap like that's what makes me mad i'm like if you were doing a good job i wouldn't care what you were paid but you're not so this is my problem like, but we get like so tied into that discussion that now i find that we're not even having discussions about the what the real problem is right like the real problem is not actually that ministers or, or, or parliamentarians make what they make it's that exactly what you said minimum word wage owners earners make what they make that's the real issue you know yeah, exactly. but instead we have like a week of parliamentary debates where we're talking about their salaries like Honestly, I think the entire population can agree that while care. people might be upset, it's not the problem. The problem you is know? they want to make what you make. Like, yeah. damn. Yeah, exactly. So... It break my heart. So, yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, like, we'll get there. And by the time we get there, there will be a new there to get to. And it's just part of, like, this whole thing called life. I feel you. I feel you. That's why Oki... It makes me very happy to be born around the time at least that you're born because I feel like like you're a champion for this, you know, like beautiful future St. Martin that I know we all deserve and like we want to get to. And it makes me honored to know that I, at least when I'm in the struggle to build a St. Martin, that I have amazing people that are also fighting that fight because there's nobody else that I honestly would rather be doing it with. Like, I'm like, you guys are so awesome. And like, I love my St. Martiners and I'm like, we're so freaking incredible. Like, I just want us to support each other so much because there's so much love to give and to grow. And I'm like, yes, I'm for it. All and for we it. love you for that too, because I think like people so underestimate like where they can go. Like I had a conversation with someone the other day and they were like, they were like, I don't understand. Like, so we're going to put it in like tech language. I mean, the only tech company that I know, I'm not, I'm not shading them at all. But like, for example, it's like if someone from St. Martin was like, oh my God, I want to be the owner of Computech. And then it's like, holy. You can swear. Was I about to curse? Yeah, I was <laughs> like, caught myself. It's like, holy shit. Like, there's a girl out there working for Microsoft. Like, there are completely different goals that you can achieve, you know? And it's like, sometimes in St. Martin, we identify the top of St. Martin as like the top of where we want to go. And I'm not here trying to promote brain drain or anything, but it's just like at the same time, like we have to be able to want more for ourselves and to be able to acknowledge that like part of life is also migration, you know, like just like migrants move to St. Martin to help us build our economy. So many, you know, like there are really a lot of foreign nationals in St. Martin doing amazing things who get caught up obviously in these discussions of being alienated because of like, uh, trying to solidify like what is the same Martin identity you know but part of life is migration and once you acknowledge that and that Caribbean people have always been a migratory people and realizing your power in that that you can go somewhere else like literally like 
why do you want to be the general manager of Senesta and Maho? You can literally be the general manager of like the Marriott on Times Square. I don't know if there's a Marriott on Times Square, but maybe there is. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. They got it everywhere. Exactly. So it's just like when we limit ourselves. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean that like you're dreaming beyond your country or you're not dreaming for your country. But, it's like but you sometimes are. you yeah. literally are because like by you doing that, it shows other people that they can do that, too. And when you go take that job, you gain that experience, whether or not you, and you that bring company or not, you can still use that knowledge. You can bring that partnership. Now you have the you have the key to the door. That's why it makes me so mad. I'm like. I know how much good Microsoft could bring to St. Martin just by like they invest in so many other countries. Why wouldn't they invest in us when like they literally hire Caribbean people whenever they are presented the opportunity? It's like we have so much uniqueness to bring from our perspective. Why don't you think that would be valuable to technology? And it's like we can build data centers in our ocean. It's okay. It's not about land. You know, even if we can't put it in our ocean, we can store all of our data in a server that's somewhere else in the world. So when the next hurricane come true, we don't have to worry about all our government documents being gone and like who owe us who and who this and who that. Oh, be, oh Pippa gone. I don't know. Hurricane, you know, like that no longer needs to be the excuse. You want to build technology? We could have literally one building with a group of engineers, you have designers, you have literally people that are history, you know, all of these things factor into how technology is made. You need all of those perspectives to bring a vision of technology that actually will make the world a better place. It does not need to be built in St. Martin. Why would it ever be built in St. Martin? You build that shit in China. Okay. You and go. All you need is good internet service and marketing. So that's what we're buying for. Exactly. If there's anything that comes out of this is conversation, really, yeah, it's really. internet. That's honestly the only basic need that we're missing mm-hmm. right now, especially on the debt side. Because let's be okay on the French side, I think they still have electricity above the ground way more than the Dutch side. But the Dutch side, yeah, really strange. I think they're working on it, but it's a different country. Remember, Carla? Yeah. Not they all rules. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like they also have like different funders. You know, I it's feel like you, I feel you. GBE is kind of stuck if they lose their wires all the time. But you know, at least the French side, their their energy providers are part of bigger systems that have other sources of funding. We don't. We don't have that. You. It's like us and us. Yeah. So uh, all of our stuff is underground. Like it's fine. What we need underground too is the are, Wi-Fi. Get it on lock. Yes. Like. Okay, we're so small I understand. enough that we could benefit from 5G too. That's the thing. Like we're so small that like 5G is works better in like smaller environments, you know? So I'm like, guys, Meanwhile, figure it out. Do you know that if you drive down to like Indigo, like you don't even have cell service. So that don't um, even make sense. That really yeah, not no, making really sense. Really small, small island. Like the antenna is on top of the Indigo. I'm telling you, if, well, they, anyways, but... if they could fix the internet, I would 100% work from yeah. Martin. Yeah, honestly. Why and wouldn't I? The French side, I? the French side already is there. Let's be honest. There are some areas, like the other day, our friend sent us a screenshot of like his internet speed reading 440 megabytes per second. The technology is there. It's here on the island, but just on half of it and not the other half. So we just <laughs> need to fix that. Like, 
And I but think it's that's hard. the thing. It's, it's hard because Telem and UTS yeah. need to get it together. And then it's also annoying because like BTP, who manages technically all of our like technical infrastructure from like an institution, they don't even understand the technology, Carla. So how are they going to pass the law or even pass the policy to help allow Telem and UTS to even get the technology to get us 5G or even 4G, you know, because we could we could still make lots of gains right there. You can't do that because you don't even have people in positions that know about how this technology works. Like America has all of these institutions locally and internationally. And it's like, we need to tap into that. You know, you have IEEE, you have the FCC, like these people organize the ability for American companies to build technology because they have rules to follow and the rules map to science. So lucky for you, there's some facts behind that, okay? There's a little bit of capitalism in there, but a lot of it is based on the science, okay? (laughs) We'll get there. Like, we'll get there, definitely. I mean, like, the fact that I see that, you know, things can exist on one side, maybe not the other, but it's like a sign of hope, you know, like, if we just apparently merge the systems, maybe we'd have the perfect island. We just haven't seen it yet or, you know. And and that's why sometimes I think in the discussions that we have about like one St. Martin, one people, we hide too much the differences that do exist between the two sides. And those differences are things that we can learn from to benefit like the side that doesn't have that benefit yet it's our differences that make us grow i'm like that's something that people don't understand about diversity i'm like if you have too much of the same thing you don't think differently you need people that are different from you so you can benefit from learning things you don't know yeah and so we really have to think about like you know what does one side have that the other doesn't that's like really working out um and and how can we make that accessible to the whole because i mean like I, I'll always remember. I mean, I know, like, okay, the entire island of St. Martin has, like, about 100,000 people, right? Is that our and population size? Is that both? Because tourists both sides. get, like, a million tourists at least a year or some, yeah. some trouble. But, like, both sides of, like, residents, 100,000. Okay, okay. But, like, Dutch side, I remember, like, at some point mentioning to my classmate, like, yeah, like, officially the Dutch side is just, like, 40,000 people. He was like, my church in Lagos has 40,000 people in it that come on like one Sunday, like per church service, 40,000 people. And so like when we realized the scale of St. Martin, we and like, we nothing. We're and that was exactly it. You know, like my, in my last job, when I left, they like, one uh, of the managers specifically said like, it's amazing that you're going to be going back to a place to work for a government in which change is measurable and within sight. And we don't realize that. We don't realize that there are also so governments close. who are, yes. Like it's literally, we could touch it. Like, oh my God. Exactly. So, so it's just, we when we put things in different perspective and realize it doesn't have to be as hard as we're making it. Like, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We do like, not. it's still strange. Like, to me, it's still strange. Like, this idea, like, we have a GDP that is completely 
reliant on a one pillar economy you can't say that word that's a trigger word for them in government carla you can't say that you can't you cannot say that word it is a one pillar economy well trigger word <laughs> she said it again this podcast has now been flagged it is a one pillar economy and yet we invest the least or one of the least into our tourism industry and we do that because we say we have a track record of it working but so why don't we just think like okay in the past it has worked to not invest in this sector and it worked out for us but whoa how would it be if we if invested we put more money we could innovate oh my god we could do something we never done before who would have thought we could push things forward so I really appreciate like the hardworking people who I know like go to work every day with they, limited budgets and make things the, happen. The goat, the MVP, they really, their MVP. They re- you don't even get enough credit, but sis and Brody, I love you for fighting the fight because I don't know how you do it, love, but I appreciate yes. you fighting the fight. You deserve all the praise. Them government, oh, annoying. Y'all are really the goat. Pat yourself on the back. Drink a bear on us. Like, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I appreciate so many of the people that are still like having to work within the system, being realizing that, you know, like they can only do as much as the budget allows, as like different mandates allow them to do, uh, etc. And they still like do the work that needs to be done, you know, but no. it's just always a reminder that you know there's always there's always better um the box that we're shooting for like turns out like it's not even a box so we're like completely ill-prepared for where we're landing uh and we're trying to be like other countries and it's like stop it stop trying to be like other people exactly be yourself like stop it stop stop trying to be like them they ain't even all that i don't know what you're trying to be like yeah just be you. Like, let's just be St. Martin. Like, damn. Yeah. For once, yeah. just relax. Appreciate what we got. Yeah. And support each other. Exactly. Just support each other. Like, that's why I'm so, like, I love, I'm so grateful for Melee, bro. You guys don't even know. I was so sad. Like, I don't ever think, I don't consider myself depressed because I don't think I get that dark, but. I was sad for a minute because I was really just like with this whole identity thing. Because I like you said, like I'm so used to being other. Like literally, I remember in LU, I would always check other for all my PSATs because what race I could fit in, none of them. You know, I was like these people. And then, yeah, it was just so interesting to finally realize like there's a reason I'm not supposed to fit in a box. Is like if you look at the history, it was never meant for you to fit in the box. No, and it and makes I mean, it so easy because now I can breathe. Yeah, like, and it's just good. like I think it can also be liberating sometimes. I think uh, when I realize like the boxes are not made to have you to give you an identity crisis. These boxes are literally data. Yes, that's it. Like honestly, when we tick those PSATs boxes, it's because they wanted to know if foreign kids we're getting higher on the PSAT than other kids and like what your socioeconomic status means for the, your PSAT uh, we never uh, score get that you know data. like yeah no we never got um it. and so and 
when when you realize that this is about like creating data and and you know that that data can lead to change i think it also like helps to free you from the boxes you know that people are always going to try to like understand things in a certain way and I, i agree that we've created boxes to like assist in understanding but then we fail to understand ourselves when we think we fit in a box it, it's circular so there. hilarious yeah it's hilarious it's but like it just understand the vr character and it's like yeah like why not just well, sometimes we just VR character like yeah. why you gotta like make yeah. it a whole thing you know? just free yourself and that's why like i think overall we just need more empathy for me literature gives that to me you know like for me i think i used to alienate myself from the thought processes specifically of men uh largely due to the way my culture portrays men right like i think on saint martin we grow up saying like men are trash yeah yeah and and i think that that also is like has taken away uh forms of being for for men as well like they don't realize like how much that also helps or has not helps but has shaped the way in which they are and think um and and literature is always that moment to get into someone's head and realize that some of the socially constructed ideas that you have are really just socially constructed (laughs) And it like, blows um, your mind because then you reshape your whole identity because you're like, holy crap, yeah. like for so long, I've been thinking this part of me was me, but really it was something someone told me to be. Yeah. And I thought that I had to be that. And so I changed who I was to be this. And like, exactly. I realized like, you can't fake it, yeah. you know, because there's the part of your soul that's like, honey, what are you doing? Like, this isn't you. So yes, say Martin men, it is okay to be faithful. It's okay. I know you are really struggling with it. You are really saying like, like in my no, DNA, I have society, to Yes, I have to. no. But I am here today to tell you, you do not. <laughs> you can be a good man. But no, it is possible. I, I think it goes like across the board for like so many things that we struggle with. You know, like I think, I think it's a narrative of black men in general that they're yeah. just trash and yeah. toxic and not, you know. And and we don't realize it's because also like history and society and social circumstances have put black men in certain positions in which they had to resort to certain activity or which certain activity was also made to look as an ideal to them and we don't you know like it it's so hard sometimes to have the conversation because it's like you want to acknowledge the way in which things are socially constructed the way in which sometimes people do not have control over their over their fate but at the same time you want to give people the power to know like but at the end of the day, you, you always choose. have a choice, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. and it's so hard sometimes to have that conversation because I agree, like, I so am speaking from, yeah, yeah, but I'm also speaking from like a very privileged position. I don't know what it's like to at the end of the day feel like you can't feed your family and to have to like resort to to certain activity. And then on top of that, to have the activity that you resort to be like plastered as like this stereotype, like yeah, all black exactly. men are thieves, you know, and that must be so, 
and and there I'm, I think I'm I'm of course more talking about uh, America, like. America and Europe because of course like here we don't say things like all black men steal. Yeah, but like, it's that's weird really how the stupid. media plays a role in that too, from yeah. TV shows to yeah. music to like yeah. movies. And I'm like, you, you, it's crazy how you're conditioned to believe that certain groups behave a certain way, or that certain cities look a certain way, yeah. or that a certain countries are a certain way, and it's like a facade that has been like. You believe that that is the reality until you realize that no. Yeah, not. it's not. And I think like I'm I'm so lucky that uh, or we're so lucky to have grown up where we were to be able to have something that stood up still against the media that we were receiving because I agree that we consumed like a lot of American movies, a lot of American news, but we were still able to like not be surprised when you see like a black person lead your country or a black person in a suit you know like these yeah. stereotypes that like you suddenly don't like think that because you're black that you're lesser than yeah i agree exactly exactly and it's so and weird when i came to america yes. and you meet people that have this belief system yes. about them and you're like wait why do you think like this and you realize holy crap they have been in a system that's orchestrated this just like societal fear about yeah. just being who you are that at yeah. any moment someone might kill you just because of the color of your skin of course you would feel like you can't be anything but what you see around you and I agree I that made me really realize like how blessed I was because I did not grow up in that framework but it took me realizing I must say Martiner and just like the context of St. Martin to have that realization that the reason yeah. why my worldview was the way that it was was because I had the privilege of never having to feel lesser than because of my race or my gender, you know, yeah. because we have female prime ministers. It's not new for us, you know, like we have people that are black that have been in office literally generation after generation after generation. So for me, it's not weird to like have these constructs, but yeah, you don't realize that until you leave and yeah. you just, you, you see what's out there. And it's strange. It's strange to be in spaces like, I remember going to a play in Amsterdam, which uh, was catered towards youth. And they were uh, tapping into Afro-Caribbean um, uh, cultures, music, dancing. And there were certain uh, Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean descended youth within the crowd who like commented that this is the first time that they saw their culture on display within their country, right? Because they acknowledge that, okay, the Netherlands is my country, but the culture of my home in the Netherlands is like what I'm seeing on this stage for the first time. And I just thought like how much I took for granted what it feels like to be part of the majority. And uh, I mean, there are always circumstances within St. Martin uh, in which you feel like you're othered. And I think that's just like everywhere. But at the end of the day, like I identify with the majority like culture here. Exactly. So then moving to the Netherlands and suddenly becoming a minority is a very strange thing. But then I, I never took it like to heart in the sense that I knew that I was going to come back to St. Martin, you know? And again, you would be part of the majority culture and you would see like your culture on display all the time and celebrated and blah, blah, blah. But there are these kids who identify with this culture who, who feel like they, they don't have a space. 
they they're not getting that culture in like a, a large sense and like how that then interacts with like how they become and that they have like these senses of a feeling of loss and yeah wow it is deep because like you don't realize like like me and you right now we're speaking in the colonizers language whether we like yeah. it or not you know what yeah. i mean and it's not something that we can change because we're in this paradigm where english is the standard if yeah. you go the other way you're pretty much isolating yourself but it's weird where like you have this like idea of loss because it's like so much i feel like of our history we have lost um whether yeah like it being on purpose or not to indoctrinate a people or to civilize a group of people that sometimes like as a human being like i i, I think when i was a kid i kind of just like wrote it off as not caring about our history because i felt like there was no history you know like to have um but realizing that like that loss of history is something that you feel you know and that you experience and i didn't realize that until you moved to another country where they have a very clear and established history and it's like a very strong national message and they have something that they can really hold near and dear to them and then they have a culture that supports that so it's like constantly like america for america creating for americans and it's like America, 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 America. And then I realized I was like, holy crap, like I've never had that, you know, like as much as I've had like St. Martin shows and culture, which I didn't know that that's what I was seeing at the time. You're kind of just like, oh yeah, this is our St. Martin's yeah. festival, like whatever. Yeah. Um, you realize like the sounds of crickets, you know, drinking bush tea, like the, 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 the birds you just identified, yeah, the like birds in my background. The rooster, you know, that you hear or like, the fact that you know at night you can hear the crickets and like the plants will like close and you just like have all of these different experiences that you don't realize are so important and a part of your culture just like the way the different St. Martiners talk and like hearing Jamaicans and hearing Trinis and hearing Dutch people and French people all in the same environment and like the humor that comes out of that the humanness that comes out of that I feel like I miss that so much even though like that became my culture and my history um, even though like there's still a part of me that has this longing of like I will never be able institutionalize to my lineage the way that like oh Americans can go to Ellis Island and say like oh look my grandpa's yeah. name is in this book like I yeah. don't know that and I will never have that and it's like we I feel like we don't even recognize like the loss that we feel in that part of our history and culture that was taken from us and it's weird because it's like I did 23andMe and I found out that I was Nigerian and I was like, oh, shit, this is news to me. I didn't know that. But it's like when I thought about that, I was like, OK, well, what connection do I have to Nigeria or Nigerian culture? And it was like none. I had no way to relate to that group of people. And it was like there was a part of me that was like a little angry because it's like, well, there's like this dimension of being. That was being taken. But yeah, it's, I definitely have grown a lot because of the amazing work that you guys do. So I'm always appreciative. I'll just add like a final thought based on like what I heard you just say. Yeah. And that was that one thing that I think only hit me when I met Africans is that in the Caribbean, we homogenize Africans and African history so much because of our own history, we don't even realize. You know, it's like 
we're just like oh like we're descended from africans and we don't realize like how different north africans west africans eastern africans south african like how different different countries within africa identify as how different peoples within different countries within africa identify and we homogenize and erase so much of the identity and history of this continent when we speak about them uh, in order to claim our own identities. And we don't even realize it, you know? And like it gets me all the time uh, when we wear things like the dashiki and we claim it as like our heritage. But it's like, Is it odds really? are it came from Eastern Africa. Like odds are you are descended from West Africa. You know, like there are just certain things. And the technicalities, we don't, yeah. Yeah. And we don't identify. It's so funny how we claim that skin color is enough for us to appropriate a certain culture. Like you have no idea what this country's culture or this continent's culture is about beyond like skin color and the way your media portrays this continent and portrays who you are. Um, and, and, and we just run with it. And, and and we're unforgiving with it. Uh, and so... Like we're holding, like, we hold a four. We're like, this is where I draw my line because of all the bullshit I've been fed. And if you disagree with my flawed reality, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, guys, yes. we're arguing over flawed realities. Why? It, it was just so interesting because I really remember, like, having conversations uh, with classmates from the African continent uh, in my master's program. And, like the way that they expressed about Caribbean people was so different. Like, I remember, like, specifically, like, you'll always remember the ones that stand out, right? But, like, one girl came to me and was like, oh, you're from the Caribbean? So you're de- you're descended from the crazy ones we sent away. And I was like, lol, 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 lol. And I was like... <laughs> I mean, um... And I mean, like, that's how, like, certain, like, communities have come to construct also, like, the people who they sent away on slave ships, right? Yeah. Uh, like, and and we so... Somebody had to catch us first, you know? I'm just saying, but whatever. And And so I think it's just so interesting, like, the way in which we create identities and then identify with those identities that we've created that are based on constructions that are also like descended from colonialism and imperialism and how we give power to those institutions without uh, ever asking the question like, hey, maybe I should pick up a history book on Ghana, you know, and, and figure out like how I relate to this. Because there's so and many so tribes, I think it's just, you know, that have their own dialects of speech yeah. that relate to like, they may be Nigerian, but they identify as a specific type of Nigerian. Like even with Indians, it's the same thing. Like I'm a Sindhi Indian, which is different than a Punjabi Indian, you yeah. know, and that's why you see all the Anis on the island. But it's like people don't realize that. And then they just put you all in the same bucket, you know, and it's like, no, like they all have slightly different degrees of being even though they all look the same yeah and so it's just so interesting and I think like getting off St. Martin and also like I mean we're so blessed that so many people come here and live here like you said and make St. Martin home um but we just always learn so much more from interacting with people and I think it's like that is always like your takeaway or my takeaway at the end of the day like 
always try to communicate with people like even people who see the world like completely different as you they're not going to have the same value as systems exactly but it's how you grow um and then we just have to like be careful like we don't like when people put us in a box so like don't put other people in boxes either and it includes like you know the way that we talk like even about colonizers sometimes like we forget like all the people that we sweep up into these categories and it's like I always I always appreciate the conversations that I have with people who are like okay like I need you to like delineate exactly who you're speaking about because I'm feeling insulted right now yeah you know and it's like oh like that's fine and it helps you grow as a person too to like realize like okay like the way that I'm talking about this issue it's actually encapsulating too many people it happens all the time because like in America for example like a white person is automatically the bad guy because they're like you are a slave owner you know they're like you you white man and then i'll talk to my boyfriend and he'll just be sitting there all uncomfortable he's like but it's not me like it's not me i'm not like them um and it's like but again like yeah you encapsulate this whole group and it's like even in the war that we're seeing right now like i'm curious how history will look at this because like we often look at situations and we're like well what did you do if you didn't do something then you were part of the problem you were a nazi too and it's like i'm sure there were germans that were literally just like wait what's going on wait what is he doing wait no 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 but then they're like in this country and now they're like oh shit what's going on and now and then they are all in this narrative of you and nazi and they're like um yes i know i may not have necessarily told hitler to shut up that one time at the rally but like i didn't mean for all this to happen you know and it's like it's interesting like how we just we like to generalize but like we forget generalization it erases so many experiences and it makes it seem like all these situations are black and white when they're not at all and it's just like Uh, I was talking the other day with someone about the fact that like so many Russians are now feeling the brunt right so like there are the bad guy yeah and it's like you realize that there are Russians in your community who have literally left Russia for a reason you know like they're like like, why are we criminalizing them as if they're like out here trying to bomb us exactly like like they just stir in the pot just waiting for russia to be like and spies activate and then they switch and they're like i'm coming for you (laughs) you know like and i think that it's like that also uh uh ethos or not ethos but like methods of the ussr that we know about that make us like untrustworthy of like and like have this CIA idea that like all russians too? are what spies you like i'm like it go both ways every government other than say martin got spies okay yeah other than say martin and so it's just like we need to be we need to be like cognizant of like how these narratives make us like treat human beings exactly yeah. Because like like it's like the case of Muslims all being terrorists. It's not the case. Oh, yeah. It's not oh, the case. Yeah. And like look at how we no. treat a group of people because of the actions of like a one group. Yeah. yeah. One group. And it's like yeah. it always comes back to me. Like I'm always like weary because I'm like I know there's a motive behind here that the masses aren't even aware of. I feel like we're like sheep. Like that we're being emotionally like hurdled in certain directions for a purpose. You know what I mean? Like. And it's interesting that I feel like people don't sit and question what these motives are, you know, like even in the American election, like I just felt like it was too convenient how the Democrats kept pushing all of this stuff. Like I'm not going to say Trump. Trump is an asshole. We know this. 
But it's like, you mean to tell me y'all just go annex Bernie and act like you didn't just annex my mans and put up this little front who, what they doing for us now? Not a damn thing. But because it's a Democrat, we're going to forget that the Mexicans are probably still in cages at the border. But because your guy is in office, we just go hush hush about that. Like, we not going to forget that Epstein and all the murderers that have been happening still not solved. I still want answers. When America go and kill people, it's okay because they're the just ones fighting for democracy. But who said that those people wanted democracy in the first place? But again, it's like who writes the history books? Who creates yep. the narrative? And it's like I feel like more people need to realize like that you're being like on some level emotionally, you know, being strung one way or another. And you need to step away from that and realize like, mm-hmm. what is this world that I'm in? And like, what can I do in my circle, act locally to bring about the change that I want to see in the community around me? Because it doesn't have to be like this. I'm like, oh my God, I don't, I don't. I know. I think like that's the greatest thing about like interconnectivity. Like it's made all of us like, so connected and so cognizant of what's happening to other people but then it's also put like this burden on us like sometimes I think like you know there are people who travel like halfway around the world to go like help out at the orphanage in some country that they have like identified as the third world when there's like an orphanage like four (laughs) streets down from where they live but you know that they could just yeah they could bring just as much change there they you want know? the photos for the gram that they look like they're helping foreign kids that are starving. So people are like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. You're yeah. a champion. And we don't think about the ways in which those images that even an individual creates of a situation on Instagram helps to perpetuate the ideas that we have about a particular country that keep countries in the positions that they are. Exactly. Right? Like, like, can we, we show Haiti doing good? damn like i'm tired i'm tired i know they got buildings over there stop showing me tents i know they got buildings like hello it's it's always like people always find it like amusing but i don't find it amusing at all it's like they'll show like a video uh, a photo of a city and like oh identify where this is obviously it's an african city and the person doesn't identify as an african city it's like how do you suddenly no way Oh my gosh! No, it's not cute at all because it just shows like the the indoctrinization that you've gotten through your media system and your <laughs> education you. that you. made you think that there wouldn't be advancement in other societies other than your own. Like, get real. But it's like think about like again, will movies play a role in this? You know, coming yeah. to America makes Africa look like it's you know where there's kings and queens like don't get me wrong Eddie Murphy funny I was funny but it's like again like what is the image of these countries that you're feeding you know that's why I was all for Wakanda I was like yes show Africa as a great nation I'm sick and tired I was like damn where are Wakanda yeah the best example I ever had of that was that I went uh I had an exhibition or I I I did not have an exhibition I curated an exhibition for my old job Um, and it was at a location outside of Europe and the photo was taken by a photojournalist by the name of Anna Boyassis. And she went to Zanzibar to document how, uh, women were being taught how to swim. 
but of course, like the women in these communities, uh, they were in fishermen communities and they're Muslims. So they wear burqas to swim, uh, the burkini. Yeah. So I understand, like, you see that a woman is fully clothed in the water, right? And they're holding like empty tomato sauce cans to learn how to float. And so the best thing about these exhibitions is every single photo had the most in-depth caption that you could imagine getting for these photos and the information about the woman in it. So I saw a woman stop with her kids and point to the photo and go, and these are refugees trying to escape their situation. They're, they're swimming in the Mediterranean. Oh, oh my God. And trigger. I was just like, we, we don't realize how like the visual language that we receive, like how we translate that onto all situations. And I mean, I stepped in and I was like, no, those are women learning how to swim in Zanzibar. Because I mean, let's be honest. Also, where in the Mediterranean have you ever received images of refugees swimming through like crystal clear waters, like in perfect formation, like, or whatever, but they see African water they and see, that equals refugee. Yeah, they see it's like a simple equation. And they're like foreigner. They must be a refugee. So I think like, it's really important for us to also question like the work that we're doing when we consume so much images on social media on a on a daily and like how we are coming to identify people like with just one look it's like because we see like 10,000 images a day like I see something I already know what it is odds are you don't and the thing is is like the reason why these discussions are so important is because technology is being based off of that kind of data yeah. You know what I mean? It's being based off of the data that are already putting people into boxes and as a result are already erasing experiences. And when you start training AI based on that skewed data, well, guess what AI will do? It'll spit out racism. You know what I mean? It'll spit out all the things that you don't want it to do because we aren't thinking about how all of this like interplays. And that's why I think like people, I'm like, can we think critically? I'm like, I feel like the education system is failing people because they just like they see it on instagram they see that blue check mark and they're like okay it must be true because this influencer or this ignorant person i like them a lot because of their movies or whatever so whatever they say must be gold because the character they play somehow convinced me that they smart and i'm like sis they are a character on tv why are you getting your news or political advice from them who gives a damn what they care about? Let them spend their rich people money and do whatever the hell they want in Hollywood. Hollywood is not a real place. We know this, okay? We know this. Can we please? Like, that's why, like, I I love talking to the engineers at Microsoft because they're, like, so brilliant. And yet, at the same time, like, it's interesting seeing how it all operates in, like, technology, which is a thing that I feel like is meant to free and create opportunity existing in a world that is so flawed because of all of these frameworks that we have around identity and interactions with people and i see how it's putting pressure on big tech companies and how they're responding to it and as i say martiner it's very amusing because i'm like you guys are fighting a losing battle but okay um but it's interesting because i'm like at the same time it's super important that we get this right because we only get one chance you know as engineers and it's like I take huge responsibility in the work that I do because 
The decisions that we make about what technology goes into our products changes people's lives, whether we like it or not. Like by simply creating a phone, like you are giving someone the opportunity to be connected in a way that they probably couldn't have otherwise been. And because we get to do that, it takes so much. It is so important for us to recognize our bias and recognize like the trauma that we bring to the table, because all of that is reflected in the technology that we build. And that's why I love you so much. Like you're so freaking awesome. And like everything that you do is inspiring. Cause like, these are literally the conversations that I live for. And I'm like, the reason I have this podcast is to have conversations like this. And it makes me so happy. And I feel you a hundred percent. I feel like St. Martin needs to have more spaces where we can do it because like it feels like a fresh of breath air. Like I feel so empowered and so amazing. And I hope that people listening to this, like change their worldview a little bit or grow or like try to think about things maybe a little bit differently because it's important. Like how we move in this world is so important. And I feel like history makes it seem like there's only one person alive in the past, you know? And it's like, there's all of us, all of us, everything that we do, all the things that we choose to accept create this reality and it's like we need to have that self-discipline you know that self-love so that we can create a world that's actually for us you know because why else otherwise are we alive like we're here we might as well make this something we enjoy doing like if all if all that's (laughs) that we're gonna pay taxes and die yeah what's the point then you might as well fill up the rest of it with stuff that you want to do Exactly, exactly, exactly. How can folks get in touch with you and like hear about all the cool stuff and like find out the next Melee podcast and then join the convo or like hit you up to learn more because you're an incredible resource to learn about St. Martin history for folks that want to get into it. So the Melee podcast or we are a podcast. So we are on all podcast platforms right now. Season one up. Uh, So we're working on getting season two up there as well. But all of our episodes, season one, season two, and now we're into season three are on our Facebook, which is also Melee SXM. So to search us on podcast, I think you also have to search Melee SXM. If you just search Melee, you'll be just like me. You won't find us. Um, On Instagram, also Melee SXM. And as for the stuff that I do, I mean, my Instagram is a personal space, Carla from SXM, where I also share um, my thoughts and my bits. I started this thing, Notes from SXM, where I'm trying to like connect all the essays that I write about living here and how I share them on social media. Um uh, so you can always follow me there. Uh, but you know, when it comes to like my, my, my real thinking through things, that's, that's definitely shown the most on Mele. But if anyone has questions, like I always say, like reach out to me via my Instagram, uh, to see if like, I know something. I'm really lucky that I came from like a household that kept like every St. Martin book on our bookshelf. I know. Uh, I'm jealous. Yeah, I I really, like, love my stepdad for that. Like, he's really big on, even if he doesn't read the genre of book, as long as it's about St. Martin or written by a St. Martin author, he buys it. 
Um, so odds are, if I don't know something, I can at least point you in the right direction. That's the kind uh, of support we need. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes. Um, so we really appreciate Mr. Franca. We yes, also we very do. much appreciate my mom. I feel like I really like hailed up like my stepdad in this, but like I really love my mom. Um, moms are queens okay yeah moms are queens queens. they're like the backbone to who we are last night I actually went for dinner with my mom and she was reacting to things that my boyfriend said and I was like oh my god like I'm this woman like everything in her facial reactions and what she was doing I was like it's me I mean like I'm her Um, so big up to like my mom and thank you like so much Harsha for having me on your show like it's been so interesting to follow your episodes and see like the way uh you know because i mean for i mean it was already kind of mentioned but we went to the same school uh and harsha was really quiet <laughs> it's because i knew they wouldn't let me speak carla i was like i ain't gonna fight this fight because i know if i tell them what i think they just gonna expel me and i see where that gets you so i was yeah. like let me just keep my mouth shut until i get out of this hellhole I agree that the one day that I tried to, like, do something different and, like, go against the system, it was, like, the worst day of my life. Exactly. Um, they make it a living hell. You learn from young, the trauma. I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, But Thank I guess, that, yeah, what homogenizing systems do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so it's, it's really great now to be able to interact. I mean, like, we, like, cross paths on Pinel. We did uh, a bit ago, and it's just amazing to see what you're doing with the podcast, and also to be able to have like so many different ki- types of discussion. Because I mean, like we limit ourselves to history, but you like open the door to like so like multiple verse like worlds, and uh, it's been so interesting. Also, just to be able to like, you know, like when you follow someone on Instagram, but then you see them on your podcast and it's like, whoa, this person like does all this stuff. So your podcast is also becoming like this wealth of information about things that St. Martiners are doing like around the world. And it's just been amazing. I need to uplift our people. Cause like for one, like I just, I really and truly, I miss my people. Like I'm telling you, that's why I do my podcast. Cause like, there's like, who else I like? I don't like people like that. You know, I love St. Martin's though. Like, and it's like, I realized this because you guys are so honest with me and I know I can be myself and I know I don't have to explain like my whole complicated backstory. Like, oh, you're Indian or oh, really? You don't look like it, blah, blah. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a lot. Um, and so like, oh, you have a Dutch passport, but you don't speak Dutch. Okay. Oh yes. Uh, confusion. Um, and like, I was just like, I feel like when I'm talking to you guys, like, I just get to be me and, like, just be, like, the little nerdy girl that loves to talk about this stuff. And because, like, I'm no longer bound by institutions, I have the freedom to actually, like, ask the stuff that I want to ask without having to, like, mute myself or, like, stop what I'm going to say because, oh, it's going to offend blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, so what? Like, they haven't been offended in years. Let them feel some type of way for once. Like, who cares? Like, I'm like, if you feel some type of way, then maybe you shouldn't have done the dirty thing that you did. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you make your bed, you sleep in it. Like, it's so annoying. But, like, I honestly, I've only, I get to be empowered because the fact that I am surrounded by incredible people like you guys. And so, like, for me, I am just uplifting the people that uplift me and, like, allow me to be who I am. And for me, like, my podcast is showing the world how I think, but just showing the world, like, why I am the way that I am and like just understanding where I come from and why it's important because 
Otherwise, people believe the shit they see on the gram. And I'm like, guys, like, no, no, we can be better. We can have better conversations. And I also think, like, I'm a very private person for the most part. And, like, my podcast is a way to be vulnerable and intimate and to have people, like, maybe understand me better. Um, Because I feel like the gram is a portal to another dimension. It's not a real place. Um, And just showing people, like, these are the conversations that I feel like make me excited to be a human. And without them, I would be very sad. So I need it. It's, like, my form of therapy, really and truly. Because it's, like, I don't know, like, I'm like, what else would I be doing? I don't know. Like, who am I without my podcast? I know. I'm like, I'm mad that like LU didn't make us start YouTube channels and podcasts in high school. Cause I'm telling you, we would all been verified. We all be rich by now. Like, yeah, cause they made us make music videos, and I did not turn out to be a backup dancer or a singer. So, but I'm like, we could have still like uploaded it to the YouTube, you know, build. Oh no, we definitely should have not have uploaded the music videos I made at LU to the YouTube. <laughs> What no. about the, I think like the... The flash mob is up there. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. the flash mob's still up there. I mean, that's fine. But it was very sad. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. But, it, but it's, it's fine. Okay. I mean... We grow. We'll get there. I believe it. I'm telling you, I want to build all them apps. Like, I have so much vision for this little island. I'm just like, I need my people to wake up so that I'm like, can y'all work on yourselves so that I can work with you? Like, this is all I'm asking. Like, I'm trying to build my riches very in simple. America. So I can build our country. Because I'm like, yeah. guys, like, the world needs us. Like, they think I'm li- I'm not lying. The world needs us to be loud and proud. Like, yeah. Shining light. Exactly. Shining light.